Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Glamour. Hey, it's okay. I'm your host, Joe Elvin. I'm the editor-in-chief of Glamour. We've got some proper clever clogs on the show today, so you might actually get some wisdom in amongst my usual kind of ramblings. We're going to be talking about everything from whether or not it's okay to hate someone to mental health and that all-important perennial hair. So stay tuned. I've got two wonderful guests on the show today. I have to say she's wonderful because... She controls all the money for Glamour. It's Lucy Jones, Managing Editor. Hello, everyone. And the incomparable, the very, very tall television presenter, podcast presenter and author, Rick Edwards. Hello. Hi. Hello. I like incomparable. Yeah. I think so. I I mean, people compare me to other people quite a lot. Really? Who's the worst and the best? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the worst, but when I, the first time I was ever on telly, I was doing a paper review on Rise, the ill-fated Channel 4 breakfast show. Um, The one that nobody watched and yet somehow everybody hated. (laughs) Which was a conundrum in itself. Um, And someone wrote online. And this had kind of felt like a very... The early days of people writing about people online. I didn't know the internet was Um, around then. The internet was just about around. And um, someone said that I was a cut-price home counties version of gobby northern narcissist Vernon Kay. <laughs> right. Like, well, at least I have to commend just, them for putting just, thought into that review. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, it's nice to be written about. <laughs> how, how exciting Sunday to show my parents. Um, but also, not from the home counties. No, I don't um, think you're anything like Vernon Kay. And unless tall. you just, sort of, yeah, tall. you have a head. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Got a head. Went yeah. on to be a T4 presenter. So it was sort of strangely prescient. Yeah. Um, and I guess being a TV presenter, you are essentially a narcissist. Yeah. That's I one, guess of the, one of the main features of most well, TV you know, presenters. And you look very good. So as a narcissist, I feel like I should tell you that. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be 
a wonderful, wonderful addition to your podcast. I'm very, very happy. <laughs> the compliments are flying. Yeah, well, I mean, we're very happy that you are here. Now, tell me you have a new book out to support your... Now, you do a podcast. Yes. So we're already feeling a little bit on edge, aren't we? It's like a professional no, podcaster in the pod cupboard. I've already coughed on the mic and yeah, everything. But, you know. Yeah, don't worry. We'll snap that out. But, we'll never know. But the book Science-ish mm-hmm. is the spin-off from... Or, yes. you know, the thing that happened after the thing that is the podcast. That's yeah. the best way to describe it, isn't it? That is, that's exactly how Thanks. I've been describing yeah. it. <laughs> Just say thing loads. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my publisher actually said, um, try not to always talk about the podcast. Talk about the book as its own thing. Um, but I've just been ignoring that because I think yeah, it makes more sense to talk about Your publisher is not the boss of me. And no. So, and yeah. are they here? No. 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 So, you know, never mind. Uh, yeah, so we did, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, myself and Dr. Michael Brooks. Um, and, I mean, I don't think this is unfair to say, Dr. Michael Brooks has a PhD in quantum physics um, and I um, have got a science degree, but can't remember that much of it. So he is the sort of science part and I'm very much the ish. Right. Um, so that's how it kind of dovetails together. Um, and we talk about the science of films. I mean, in theory, we talk about the science of any work of fiction. So it could be we have done books mm. because, you know, clever. <laughs> um, and we could do a TV show. I think we might do. Yeah. Um, we have never done a play because I, I get very fidgety in plays. Oh, but it might be the groundbreaker, you know. No, but I just can't. I can't fit in the seats. Do you get? I always I get, get over I, it, but I'm always slightly embarrassed for everybody on stage. I'm really, really tense, and then I get into it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I stay in the first state. Um, <laughs> I, I feel quite awkward yeah. for everyone because they're like just up there, sort of vaguely embarrassing themselves, um, and I'm in a tiny seat. And then when the interval comes, I feel just incredibly depressed well, because there's still more to come. You are very tall, so I imagine your knees in any sort of like theatre yeah. seat are up near your chin. This is the thing. If, yeah. I, if there was a, an equivalent of the Odeon uh, premiere seat mm. um, in the theatre, I think I'd enjoy it much more. Yeah. Or all plays should be 90 minutes long, no interval. They're very then, long. Yeah, like 90 minutes is a great length yeah. for a it's play It's very or hard to pack dinner in, isn't it? That's what yeah. I always find. That yeah. always really, really yeah, affects my decision to go. It's like, eat mm, so early. Not hungry at five o'clock, no. starving and everything's closed at half past ten. Unless you yeah. go for dinner. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's it. Yeah. But we're slightly getting off topic. We are, sorry. No, sorry yeah, yeah. So, so this book that yeah, I'm here to promote. So, so <laughs> Science-ish, the book, not the podcast, Yes. is it's basically, yeah, it's taking those works that I've been very much enjoying, could Planet of the Eights actually happen this yes. morning? I love this idea. I kind of uh, wish it would happen. Uh, oh, you'd like to they be... They can't um, do a worse job, right? ...ruled by chimp overlords. T- yeah, they're so cute. It, you do sort of feel like, why not just give them a go? Yeah. I completely agree. We've almost well, we've got almost an orangutan in the White House. Exactly, so I was going to say. Let's keep going. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's fairly unlikely that we will ever elect um, a chimp leader. I just, I don't agree but with you. But maybe they won't give us the choice. Yeah. Maybe they will. You know, they will subjugate us and remove our right to vote, and it will just be chimps voting, in which case we'll definitely get a chimp leader. Well, the book actually sort of like poo-poos my whole wish for that to happen, which is rather disappointing, but I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing that we try and do, so we, each chapter has, uh, deals with a film, and then we try and ask three big science questions. And what we try to avoid is that kind of myth-busting thing, because when any film that has any kind of scientific component to it comes out, um, immediately... Um, nerds, I think it's okay to call them nerds. Get on, geeks. get on, I think geeks. Geeks is, geeks the, is PC. the preferred. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So the, the the geek nerds, they 
get online and they list all of the things that are wrong or yeah. scientifically I think they're inaccurate. also called single men. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the, the geek nerd single men um, are yeah. all there tapping away yeah. um, and saying, well, actually, this is not. Yeah. Um, and I just find if, you, if you're interested in that, you can, you can get it. Uh, online very easily i i'm more interested in sort of exploring the the real science and the science conversations that um, are provoked by films yeah and so we don't spend a lot of time going well this this wouldn't happen and this is this is nonsense we try and look at how close it is i love it when a film turns out to be sort of strangely prescient yes like i always think of minority report and how really science fictiony that looked to you know walk into gap and have some virtual reality saleswoman read your retinas and go hey mr brown how are those pants working out you know and actually that's not far off what's really happening and i found that quite fascinating no it isn't um and you'll be delighted to hear that we have done a podcast about the film minority report oh wow i do love that that film yeah it's a great it's a great film and it would have as long as the robot spiders aren't any closer to reality is that what you're telling me that the robot spiders i feel like they're if you've got a a spare 10 minutes and would like to be terrified um check out boston dynamics um youtube videos boston dynamics are a robotics company um and they've made all sorts of um quite athletic robots and so robots that run around a warehouse uh, jump over just hurdles just sounds like one of your kinky google um, searches i'm sorry yeah athletic a, robots yeah, yeah. guys yeah. <laughs> the, the lonely nights joe <laughs> you've got to get through them um but they're really um they're as the name suggests they're incredibly dynamic and made in boston um and um so i feel like those guys if they wanted to make those robot spiders they wouldn't have a problem I'm all right with spiders. It's the ro- don't make a robot snake. That's yeah. all I ask of science. Please no. Well, would you prefer a robot snake or an actual snake? Oh God, probably the robot snake. Yeah, you're right. You make a valid point. Because mm, you feel yeah. like you might be able to find its off switch. Yeah. 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 And it might not be as slimy. You know. Pour some water snakes on it. are not slimy. I know, but they look it, and this they're horrible. But look, you're talking to an Aussie a, now. Don't judge but, a snake by its uh, cover. Uh, <laughs> I'll judge a snake by the one that was thrown around my neck when I was 12 years old by oh, a, a, a mischievous boy at school. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd brought a snake in. Yeah. That's what used that's, to happen in Australia. That's so mischievous. I it's, love that boy. It's, it's peak Australian. You'd sort of like, he'd say, hey, girls, and open his school bag and there would be a snake in the bag. Yeah. Which sort of sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? I'm telling <laughs> like, you. Like it the old uh, popcorn actual box. Goddamn snake, snake in my bag. Yeah. No, I never saw the, no, I never saw the euphemistic ones. I was, Have you, anyway. um... Have you kept in touch with this snake boy? No, no. I That's think he's a, a policeman as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now he does have a robot snake. Maybe oh. he's developed his. I don't know where passion. we got to robot snakes. I'm so sorry. But I know Robbie, you're don't... here. You're here to have a sensible conversation. I've, actually, I much prefer conversations like this where we talk about <laughs> snakes emerging out of bags. <laughs> so, what does just tell me? What's your favourite chapter in the book? Uh, my favourite chapter is probably The Matrix. Ah. One of my favourite films, and I think that the there's an awful lot of questions that come out of it and they're all weirdly quite prescient. Um, so we talk about, are we living in a simulation? Um, and without going into the, the detail of the chapter, the answer is maybe like, it feels like uh, odd to put a number on it, but there's about a third chance. It's <laughs> what some very clever people have calculated that we are living in a simulation. I'd be fine with that. I'd just rather they told me so I'd go and have a nice lie down. Well, the thing is there's nothing, you kind of go, oh no, I'm a simulation. It makes no difference. No. The the only worry, so there's a guy called Nick Bostrom who is who works at Oxford, very smart philosopher guy, and his area is 
existential threats to humanity. So it was sort of, you know, <laughs> fairly depressing. Um, and he was once asked, I think actually by Dr. Michael Brooks, um, what do you think is a, is a bigger danger to humanity? Um, climate change or nuclear war or getting switched off by the people running the simulation? And he didn't hesitate, apparently just went, we're getting switched off. He said, absolutely. That's, that's a way bigger um, problem because we can do nothing about it. Because the idea is that if there are people running these incredibly detailed simulations and we are part of it and we just don't know it, um, they might, like, ours feels like it might be going a bit wrong at the moment. <laughs> and Possibly. they might just go, nah, reboot. okay, reboot, or just switch this one off, start another one. <laughs> and um, that, would, that would be bleak. That would be really bleak. Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know about it, though, no, no, either. No, no, no. So, yeah. But it's, it's a thing to have hanging over you, isn't it? But it's almost better than the off. alternative. It's almost better than worrying about nuclear war. At least, ah, it's just over now. You don't have to worry how about did you, true, How true. did you get into all of this? How did you... Why is this a, a passion? Um, I think from when I was at school, I always liked maths and science, and I did maths and science A-levels. And then I went to university to do maths um, because um, I just wanted to make sure I was getting loads of girls. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's the guarantee. Yeah, 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 hundred like percent. Yeah. I mean, as you know, it's a it's a surefire winner. Um, and then I changed after a year or so to do science because maths was a bit hard. Um, science obviously a doddle. Um, <laughs> and then I've just retained my interest, so I just diligently read my new scientist every week. Um, and then my friend who set up a sort of podcast platform told me that he'd been working with Michael. And Michael wrote my favourite popular science book. So I was very excited to meet Michael. And they said, ah, do a thing together. And Amazing. We, and, we, and here we are. Now, Kat's going to wrap me up on this. But I, I, I just, I love stories like that on a serious note where you find something you love and it turns into yeah. this whole universe of possibilities of how to yeah, and, make and it, a living and like getting up in the day, simulation or not, you know. yeah, it, Exactly. Because yeah. I think that um, it's been quite a long process um, but it, I think it's finally happening that I'm going to be able to, yes, make a living out of the thing that I really love yeah. and like talking about in my in my real life. It's fantastic. Which is uh, quite uh, quite lucky, quite a privilege, I suppose. Now we're going to talk about hair. Yes. The rules of the game. I don't know if it is a game, but you know, it kind of is. We is the sort of thing, Rick, that we get into huge arguments about mm. in glamour features meetings. Mm-hmm. All these sorts of topics mm-hmm. that we do on Hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to have a signature hairstyle or signature look, I guess, and just stick with it doggedly forever and ever and ever? What's your view? Uh, my view is a hundred percent. Um, and I say this as a man who's had the same haircut for at least 10 years. And every now and again, I kind of, uh, I wonder to myself if I need to change things up. And I can't, I can't even bring myself to do it. Mm. I went to the hairdressers three months ago and thought, this is it. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a crop. And then I just, I just bottled it because I would miss, I'd miss the sort of whatever this is, quiff, sort of quiffish. Um, and, and also it's nice to have a, a, a thing that makes everyone feel quite safe. Like, yeah, it's the hair, it's the hair. And also, I don't know how old you are, but, you know, it's sort of like not in your 20s. If you've got, oh, I've upset him now. You've got a very good, healthy sort of like mane of hair. Thank you. Thank and I mean, that's I think- like, and, you know, I think men, I think if men are sort of like, you know, retaining their hair, they kind of should probably show it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I think mane has... Um, 
suggested. You could go that, full lion. You could yeah, easily. I yeah. did actually. When I was younger, I had a huge sort of lion oh, hair. Oh, like was it proper, Bon Jovi? It was. Yeah, but it's because my hair's very thick, so it sort of was growing out as well. Just a big hair helmet. <laughs> um, and, and then I got my first proper job on telly, and they sort of said, this um, hair helmet. Um, could, oh, we need to Google this. Go? I know, yeah. <laughs> Have we got family pictures somewhere you can do Yeah, go? I think they would be. They're around. I've had some absolutely shocking. I did a lot of um, peroxide stuff. Yeah, you would um, go And doing that it place. myself as well, because... When you don't have any money, so you just think, well, I'll just buy the stuff, the blue stuff from Boots, and then stick it on, and you get that um, sort of tide mark of um, red rawness Hot. around the yeah um, yeah yep. uh, around the hairline, um, and I, it, it looked awful. It would go sort of orange sometimes. I had the the M and M sort of crew cut dyed blonde at one point. Um, wow. That was an absolute mess. And, Gold hoop earring. And when, uh, when did you meet your wife? Was it during this phase or not, after not, this phase? No, no, very much after this phase. Very much in the, in the safe phase that we, uh, that we find ourselves in now. Um, I don't think she... I don't know, though. There's something sort of, um, sort of charming about that towny look that I, was, uh, that I was sporting, I think. If you could bring um, one back, what would you bring back? Genuinely, I think the, the dyed blonde crop... The M M&M and M crop. M&M. Mm. It's a strong look. Peroxide's very Stewart's in at the moment. Yeah. Sort of like the platinum look. Yeah, yeah. I think it might look a bit try hard if I did it now. And I don't I mean, as you mentioned, not in my twenties. And I think it's probably the kind of thing you maybe do in your twenties. Oh, I don't um, know. I think that I, I, I think as I get older that I'm getting more si- sillier with um certainly the way I dress. I don't know. I kind of feel like as I get older I'd like people to notice and give less Other fucks things. as well. Yeah, maybe. Although I'm clinging on to the hair. I, I only yeah, you've, you've had that hair for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for mentioning. No I, uh, I, I, uh, I'd say I was in my late 30s when I found the hairdresser who can never leave me or I will hunt him down. Mm. Hi, George. He has been mentioned on this podcast before. And, <laughs> and he actually sometimes, I think he feels guilty that he hasn't come up with some fantastic new idea for me. Mm. And so a couple of times he's done things like got out the crimpers and stuff. And I was sort of like halfway through politely go, George, Don't I just, crazy. once he tried Put to get me to. Put the crimpers down, yeah, George. Once he tried to get me to grow it and I said, I look awful with long hair. And he was like, no, no, no. And then one day I walked in and he said, actually, you're right. You look really awful with long hair and cut it all <laughs> off again. So we, this is it. This is the only hair I can have. And so I have to be fine with it. But it's also nice to have an outside eye on that. Yeah. So he's had a look at the long hair and gone, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted you. And as I wasn't offended, I was just like, I told you. Now was... will you let me just have the old hair, please? Mm. Yeah. It's nice to have a look. I've, um, I'm really embarrassed. I've got my hair scraped back in a horrible, messy beehive today. But I like, I've had the same cut for 10 years. And it just kind of is me. It's like, Lucy, there's a hair. That's her. That's her thing. Yeah. It's nice. Nice. How, it shapes how your personality. Long it, I can't quite tell how it's long it's, it's a decent thing. It is very thing, long. It? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like a big thing. But um, yeah, no, I um, I went through experiments with colour when I was younger. I did Florence mm-hmm. the Machine Red, which was great, mm-hmm. great fun, mm-hmm. but hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Now I can just bush it up. And I think, yeah, I'm really lazy with hair as well. If you leave your signature look, you don't have to do anything. No, mm. that's true. You're never going to let anyone down with your signature look. No. Have you got any other signature looks? I mean, I, I don't know. I get so bored with clothes. I don't really have a signature. Maybe I need yeah. a signature fashion sense. My, my thing that has been a slight revelation in the last probably three years is I only ever want to wear stuff that is really comfy. Um, 
and you can get comfy stuff that also looks nice. So for example, if I wear a trouser that doesn't have an elasticated or drawstring waist now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. hate it. So, I mean, you'll notice. It's very dangerous territory. There we go. Yeah. Elasticated. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can confirm. Elasticated the, waste. It's really... Um, yeah. but, but also, like, you don't sort of look at them and think, no. well, he hasn't made an effort. This is no. nice, smart... Smart pair, of, smart Indeed. pair of acne. Indeed. Um, and then uh, a sweatshirt. I love a sweatshirt. It's very unusual that I'm not wearing a sweatshirt today, but I thought I'd make an effort to put on a proper jumper. It's, it's very smart. Um, and um, and that's sort of it. And then just white trainers. I have a, a huge arsenal of white trainers. So you do. All of them. Very clean. Nigh on identical. Yeah, I spend a lot of time. I was talking to my friend about this who just wrote an article, a very good article, about how um, a lot of men are imprisoned uh, by the need to keep their white trainers pristine. Um, it's not just And he said you have to no, try and... maybe, But I feel like... You know, maybe I just haven't spoken to women about their relationship with their, with their white shoes, but I know a lot of men who have their, their old toothbrushes. I spend... I have to set aside half an hour every week to just go and just clean my shoes oh, in the bathroom. I have to say, I spent an eye-watering amount of money yeah. on a pair of white Celine oh, yeah. court shoes. Yeah. And inevitably, even though I've tried to wear them sparingly, the, mm-hmm. the tips of the pointy toes are kind of going. And right, I have right, kind right. of, I haven't done it yet, but I'm slightly almost reaching for the tipex. Yeah. Just. <laughs> yeah, I know Which what you seems mean. sacrilegious to do. Sorry if anyone who works at Celine is listening. But uh, yeah, I don't know how else to maintain those. You can't stick those in the washing machine. No, you can't. Um, how are you using liquid proof? What? Hmm. 
So you need to get yourself some liquid proof. Liquid proof is amazing. You spray oh my God, it everyone, on. this is so yeah. those geeks you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and also, um, I've got uh, loads of uh, little crep protect wipes that I always have with me. So if something happens today, like I spill my coffee on my shoe, no problem. <laughs> the wipes are out. <laughs> emergency I have to say, yeah. And sorry, I know this is going really off piste, but now we're on to this. This is useful information. Those M&S hand wipes that have sort of like got the orange yeah, scent, yeah, 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 yeah. they have saved me a fortune in dry cleaning. Yeah. Uh, you can amazing. just do a little, not on silk. That's the only thing you don't want to do it on, isn't it? I think I have done it on silk with, but, with good oh, results. Oh, really? Yeah. I've noticed a little bit of um, colour running when I've tried oh the, uh, the wipes I can talk about laundry all day, I swear mm. to God. But, but honestly, but maybe get, we shouldn't. get yourself, yeah. li- please, I mean, yeah. I don't even work for liquid proof yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but the stuff, you spray it on your shoes and it repels everything. It's honestly amazing. Oh, so you can wear suede shoes. I'm so glad you came time. in today, Rick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. Slightly changing the topic. We just, we do go all over the place on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's slightly more serious, but is it okay uh, to talk about your mental health on social media? Mm. Yeah, we need to think about that one, don't we, right? Yeah, I feel like it's the kind of thing I don't want to rush into. You know, sometimes yeah. um, I find this on certain... Uh, can I, can I, name, I don't know if I can name a television show here. Um, I will. So if you go on the right, have you ever been on The Right Stuff? No, I, there was a close call once, but no. So I like going on the right stuff. Yeah. But the thing about the right stuff is that you will occasionally be um, in a situation where you have to think on your feet about something you've never really thought about before that is a big news story. And it and just, just happened that yeah. day. And it's that day. Yeah. And then Matthew Wright says, and what do you think about this, Rick? Really? <laughs> and as, you're, as the words are coming out, you're trying to work out with whether you agree with what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and it always prefixed by um, the short phrase, I reckon, um, yeah. which basically means I have absolutely no knowledge um, or, or sort of preconceived um, notion of what I think See, about this. This is why you and I aren't Daily Mail millionaires because some people don't care if they believe what they're saying no, or not. They and just say something really heinous and just yeah. spout, spout, spout. Yeah. But I feel bad. Um, and I, as as I was just about to answer that question, I thought, "Hang on a minute, this yeah. feels like an I reckon." It in. I yeah. mean, it's a delicate one. It's I mean, we're we're talking about this because it's um, on the day this podcast drops. It's actually Mental Health Awareness Day, yes. so it's something that, and it's a huge thing that we champion at Glamour Magazine is, mm. and we really believe it is okay to talk about your mental health. And I, I've never known anybody whose problem got worse from sharing it when it comes to this arena. So I, th- I think that it's, mm. I really believe in it from that point of view. I suppose um, there's a bit of a tipping point with, I mean, I was telling you earlier about, you know, uh, relatives of mine who might get on Facebook and go, oh, I'm just sick of it all. And sort of like whipping up the drama and whipping mm. up the attention. And I think that you've, I, I think there's, I don't know if I would bear all my, huge really personal really quite serious problems on social media mm. i'd probably have a one-on-one with somebody if it was something that's that grave probably what i think as well like i'm i'm very lucky in that up to this point i don't think i have any serious mental health problems so i don't know how i'd feel if i did um but if it's a if it is a real um issue can't see that talking about it on social media is going to be a great curative um small things for sure yeah but a big thing you want to go and seek proper help Mm. um and and i don't think you're getting 
proper help from people in no. 140 or now possibly 280 characters on yeah, Twitter. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And it's all people that you don't really know and there's so much nuance I do. that you can't express in, yeah. in, in that medium. Thinking, thinking while you're speaking then, I think the one area where it definitely helped me was when I was a new mother. Okay, yeah. And I was at home going mad on my own mm. just sort of like questioning everything I did with this child that was now the boss of me I was mm. so used to being the boss of everybody else and I didn't know what I was doing mm. and I was feeling really really um insecure about that so I logged on to mum's net and just said does anybody else feel like they're just really fucking this up basically mm. and it was so nice to get that community back and I you know you hear sort of like good and bad things about mum's net and there can be some bullies on there but that was such an amazing affirming experience mm. i think that's but a difference I, in, yeah. when you're extending out to get um access to a new support network um and you're spreading maybe awareness of, a, of an yeah. issue uh, maybe not that you have maybe that someone else has i think those kind of um relationships with social media and mental health work quite well and i think that's when it's positive but um i agree i think people can go into this sort of i'm just ranting i'm just trying to get some attention and then it just spoils it for everybody else that actually needs help mm. yeah like I, I again very difficult with uh with people on social media because you kind of feel like you know them like I've got lots of people who I would probably sort of qualify as friends who I don't really actually know and have yeah. barely even mm. met in real life and so you kind of got to retain an awareness that you don't really understand the, the, the full situation but I do look at some people on social media and think they are just attention seeking yeah. mm. um, and that as, as you say is, that's not a very helpful thing because it kind of it mists the people that yeah. actually are saying, do you know what, I'm yeah. struggling today. I'm actually trying to reach out for some help here. Um, yeah. And if someone's going, oh my God, uh, I need help every day. And, uh, you know, mm. I don't know why I put that voice on. But it, it just kind of, yeah. it doesn't help. I don't know, listening to you guys, I, I'm kind of now coming around to the opinion that I think generally, yes, it's a good thing. That's where I'm going to stick my stick in the ground. I'm thinking about things like coming up to Christmas. Um, I love Sarah Millican's hashtag she does every year called join in for lonely people who... Mm. It's actually really, it's become, I think, a brilliant tool for helping unconnected people to feel connected. Mm. And I, I kind of, I think, you know, pros and cons, warts and all, I'd have mm. to come down on, yep, let it hang out, tell someone, even if it's someone you don't know, because it might make a difference. Yeah, and I think you're making connections with people in similar situations to you, it, yeah. it's obviously amazing at... Um, I think it's usually best when there is a, a real life component mm, totally. that kind of follows on. Yeah. Um, like there's a really fantastic um, organisation that works with old people who are just sort of on their own the whole time, and um, and it was sort of organised through Twitter and, and online. Um, and then you you basically kind of not exactly adopt an old person, but you have an old person over for Sunday lunch. So they get to have their Sunday lunch with people and, and, and chat to them. And that would be very difficult, I think, to orchestrate pre-social yeah. media. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it has a clear real-world impact um, on people who are you yeah. know, really struggling with loneliness, mm. which is great. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think, yes, and I, we would have to stress that um, I just know that even from just sort of like opening up, just I've never known there to be a bigger power than just being honest mm -hmm. with how you're feeling and whether that's, I don't know, sometimes it's appropriate to sort of like shout out to the world that you need a bit of reassurance, but please, please, please find that one person who 
will listen to you. And I honestly think even just saying, oh, God, this is a problem for me out loud immediately diffuses the problem to some degree. Is it okay, guys? Lucy Jones, Rick Edwards. Is it okay to genuinely hate someone? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're so evil. I love everyone. You know me, Lucy. Charm and delight and joy itself. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Mm Uh-huh. She pays my bills. She pays my bills. I don't know you as well, Joe, but I think... (laughs) I think I might be lying about that. I think you might be. So I, I think it's actually... I had a policy when I was at school, and I think this is maybe slightly psychotic, but I thought the way to deal with the sort of vagaries of of social dynamics at school is you pick one person to hate, and then you like everyone else. I do that on a plane. It's good, isn't it? You're just like, right, just focus on one. Direct all the anger towards that person. Unlucky for them. Um, and then everyone else you, you can be sort of now sunny and light with. Now I'm thinking of with. the little nerdy kid that everybody picks the same person no, no. and he's the one that gets no, picked. No, 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 no. You don't pick. So I picked uh, Nick Williams. Um, oh, yeah. I've always hated uh, him. Yeah. He's hi, Nick. the worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that in your bag? A snake? Fuck off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, <laughs> so uh, Nick Williams actually was a bit of a... He was a, uh, sort of a bit of a bully. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm um, on board now. And not, and he was kind of quite popular, um, and I really didn't like him. And I just focused, yeah, I just focused all my hatred on him, and I found it very, um, it really worked for me. Um, so I, I sort of recommend that you just pick your pick your hate figure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't like hating people. I will. I, I'll say that. I'm not that. I'm. I'm not perfect in any way. But I. I don't like. And there are people who've done me wrong mm. over the years, and I feel like it's such wasted energy to care about that person. So mm. hate to me implies that you care about somebody yeah. at least yeah, in some way. Yeah. That's true. You and haven't I, had a healthy and getting I over hate period. That. Um, but I don't know. I, I really hate Donald Trump, but then that's you know, there's that's a kind of a big section of the community. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know him, but I feel like I do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's trickier hating people that you don't that you don't know personally. Because um, well, there are there are various people um, that you know you see on telly or whatever, and you think, well, I don't like them. But I always try and remember that they might well be different. I mean, mm. your Trump example, <laughs> he probably isn't different. Yeah. Um, but lots of people have, you know, they have their persona, don't they? I'm trying to think if I do hate anyone. I don't. I, only I, I. I do that. I do do that thing on the plane, and I don't get on going right. Who can I hate? But there's always someone who does something really antisocial the minute you're on there. And then I kind of, that's where I focus all my frustration with a 15-hour flight with on the person who has taken their shoes off and stuck their feet on the top of the headrest in front of them and people like that. I, I yeah. saw that yeah. very thing recently oh. and their feet were right up, almost touching the, um, the bit where the air comes out. Um, and I just thought, you can't. You can't seriously expect I to do that don't and, get and, some people. and not be loathed by every yeah. other passenger. Yeah. I mean, and I was telling you earlier, I don't hate her. I've never met her. But I, I do kind of hate the behavior of the lady I saw in Paris yesterday who just squatted and peed between two cars on the street. Now, she wasn't some sort of unfortunate vagrant. She looked really well dressed and mm. hair combed and makeup and a nice coat. What the hell was she doing? She, she street pisser yeah mm. if there i mean is i like well there is yeah. you, you saw her yeah um i i mean i like her <laughs> I'm, bal- I'm balancing out your hate <laughs> i just <laughs> like, what confidence 
I, well, absolute brazen confidence. I am never going to forget it. I think the people I hate the most, I think usually I have no reason to hate. So it's like a silly hate. It's, you know that time in Friends when they're just like, I hate that guy, just yeah. for no reason. Just yeah, I think that's irritable. probably quite, quite healthy I think as that's well. A healthy just a sort of little irrational, and you know it's irrational, yeah. but, you know, why not? I have a friend who um, is a a fairly well-known person who told me that she once hated me for six months because she thought I was somebody else who'd done something else. And she said, when I tell you the story, you're going to laugh. It's so funny. And she still won't tell me the story. Imagine that. Imagine knowing that someone hated you. Mm. Yeah. That would bother me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That feels deeply unfair. Yeah. Did she think that you'd pissed in the street in Paris? I don't know, but I'm seeing her on Saturday and I'm going to pin You're her down. You're going to have to and, pin yeah. her down. <laughs> Take she a snake in a bag just in case. Some sort of, I want to know who she did hate, who she thought was me. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I've just remembered the person that I focus on my hate on at the moment ever had the misfortune of um, dealing with Nigel Lawson. No, but I know who he is. Mm. Nigella's dad, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex-Tory exactly. something or other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was Chancellor of the Exchequer or something. Yeah. Now he runs the... Um, well, he's a lord and he runs the Global Warming Policy Foundation. He's got a good um, head of hair. thought you'd respect that. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to, he'd have, to have such a good head of hair mm. for me to like him. Mm. He's, a, he's one of these... What's um, he done to you, He's Rick? a climate change denier. Oh, I didn't I know that. don't like them. <laughs> Right. Well, then you with me on old Donny then. Yeah. 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 But he's, I mean, Lawson's really taking it to the next level. Um, and I really, I once shouted at him like a, like a mad person in the middle of a television show. Um, I was in the audience for a, the Channel 4 referendum debate. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and were you there as TV personality Rick I Edwards? Was, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. But weirdly, it was one of the situation where they had a whole audience full of um, like people from the telly or whatever um uh but they were never they basically briefed everyone to say okay be ready to say your piece be ready to say your piece um but they were never going to get round everyone and they only asked about three people and you've got all of these egos in this room and they're getting fuming that they're not getting to say their thing and so people are people are like putting their hands up and paxman's losing control people are putting their hands up and shouting out and i and, for the, and i felt like i was just watching it and really enjoy it just watching yeah. it unfold um, and kind of like laughing at all of these people, just like desperate to have their say. And then he, Paxton went to Nigel Lawson, and Nigel Lawson started saying, "Well, you know, I really, ha- I really care about you know our children's future and our and, and our grandchildren's future." Um, and, I, and I just admit, I was so incensed that before I even knew it was happening, I was bellowing, "You're a climate change denier! You're a climate change denier!" <laughs> um, and then just stopped. Was like, "This is on telly." What am I doing? <laughs> it's like an out-of-body <laughs> experience. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. turned into one of the. I'm one of these people. Um, Maybe they pump something through the air ducts and they, to make everybody they, just was, crackers. Yeah, I was high on it. But did time. he? And what did did he respond? Or did no, he ignore it, you? Too far, it was one of those things as well. He was too far away. It's got a big audience, so it was more that Paxman and him. Sort of, there was a pause, and they were looking around, couldn't see where the noise had come from. The cameras <laughs> didn't sort of get to me, so it was just a confusing bit of the program, I would say. Um, <laughs> wow. Where. Yeah, I mean, it's not my proudest moment, but at the same time, I do really hate Nigel Lawson. <laughs> we're, we're, I think we're having Nigella on the podcast soon. I hope she doesn't listen to this one before yeah. she did. Yeah, I mean, she seems... We don't ab- all hate I've, Lawson. Yeah. No, I've, I've met her. She's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Maybe. know how. I wonder who she hates. Anyway. Let's ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if it was me. Day. <laughs> what a triangle. <laughs> it's like very Seinfeldian, that's sort of all wrapped up. <laughs> Rick Edwards, it has been an absolute delight. Thank you for coming in and Thank talking you. to us about your book, Science-ish, which is out now. It is. And I believe Impossible is back. 
Uh, yes, I do a um, I do a BBC One quiz show, and that comes back on the sixteenth, so Monday. Um, and that's it's my husband's for... birthday. What a treat! Oh, it is a treat, isn't it? Yeah. I don't need to get him anything now. No, you don't. Just stick him in front of that. See how he gets on. Yeah. If he likes it, um, I can send him like one of the cue cards. And oh, happy birthday honestly, on what a thrill. Honestly, not a problem. So set him up. I'll go out. Everyone's happy. Well, hang on. Why are you going out? Why well, because it's his it? birthday. I'm celebrating. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay, well, make sure you tape it. That works, all. right? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's on, for, it, like, it just, it's on forever. So you can catch it another day. Oh, okay. Great. That's handy. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lucy Thank- Jones and Rick Thank Edwards. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.